all of the Bible is worthy of our highest respect. But isn't it true, personal and natural, that we have our favorite passages? We read and study them in good balance with the rest of Scripture, I hope, but we cherish favorite passages. So long as we maintain respect for all of Scripture and study with maturity all of Scripture, I think it's okay to have a favorite passage or favorite passages. And it may be that we share those favorite passages. It could be the case that most of us here tonight love the 119th Psalm. We've read it many times. Each time we find something enriching and nourishing that perhaps we missed on a previous reading. It helps us keep our resolve, Psalms 119, to read and study and obey God's Word. Listen to the first 16 verses, Psalms 119. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in His ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous rules, I will keep your statutes do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Now, after this, from verse 17 all the way to the end of this long chapter, 176 verses, there is a lot of repetition of these initial concepts introduced in the early part of the chapter. Repetition that might be flagged or count against you if you were writing a paper in a composition class in high school or college, but this wasn't written for a grade. The repetition in Psalms 119 is repetition for the purpose of emphasis. 
And the emphasis is on the desire to know and understand the Word of God in its fullness. And put that into your mind and then into your life. At least 14 times the writer speaks of a desire to know and understand the Word of God. Here's one such statement. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Listen to it again. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. You know what you need for that task? Eyes and a Bible, but eyes that are backed up with a good, honest heart, willing to devote some time to the task, and then ready, of course, to obey. So this is a long, marvelous chapter for us to devour over and over again. Each time you go through it, you'll find something you may have missed before, and it will be to your benefit. Now, here's what I want to do tonight. Keep Psalms 119 open while I take a few minutes to introduce us to four words. This is not an exhaustive study of the 119th Psalm. It is a look into the chapter with concentration on four concepts captured by these four words. I want to say something about each word and then we'll look back into Psalms 119 to see how these concepts are punctuated and conveyed by God in His inspired Word. Beatitude, resolution, petition, and confession. A beatitude is a statement of blessing from God that is accompanied by something we need to do to have that blessing. The most familiar text in the Bible with Beatitudes would be the very beginning passage in the Sermon on the Mount. You remember? Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the peacemakers and so forth. So a Beatitude is a statement of blessing from God. A blessing received when you meet the condition that is stated in the Beatitude. Resolution. A resolution is an expression of the will. Here is what I intend to do. It is intentional. It is an expression of the will. Something you decide and you affirm, you resolve to do something. A petition is a request. And in the context of prayer and inside this chapter, a request to God, asking God for something. You are familiar with the word confession. You state something. In the New Testament, your belief in Christ should be confessed or stated. In another setting in the New Testament, you admit guilt. You confess your sin. So, we have the 119th Psalm open, and I want to bring out for us how these four words are embedded in the content 
of the 119th Psalm. It's one way of many ways to dig into the 119th Psalm. Beatitude, right in verse 1. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. That's a beatitude, a statement of blessing from God, a blessing conferred upon those who do what the beatitude says. Now, look at the blessing first. A blameless life. This is a life where you don't carry into every day a load of guilt. Your way of life is peaceful, blameless, soundly virtuous. Now, plug the New Testament into this. This is possible for us today because of the sacrifice of Christ that we participate in and benefit from through our response to Him. But here in the 119th Psalm, this blameless way of life is connected to something. Now, when you look at a beatitude, you have to connect the blessing with what you're told to do to have that blessing. So, let's read it again. Blessed are those whose way is blameless who walk in the law of the Lord. So the condition is walking in the law of the Lord. We can do that according to the New Testament because of what Jesus did for us. Our response to that sacrifice that involves trust and obedience and walking in the law of the Lord. So we cannot ignore, shun, or slight the law of the Lord and just claim to be blameless. We cannot assume that we are covered by the cross if our lives exhibit no effort to follow and know the law of the Lord. We are blessed to be blameless as we walk in the law of the Lord, something we can do because of what Christ did for us in our response to Him. Guilt is a troubling and heavy burden. It is often carried, resulting in profound depression. It can render us loathsome to others. It destroys our influence for good. It can drive us deeper into sin and away from God. When you just carry guilt as a burden around into every day. Now, I've already said that because of Christ, we don't have to carry that burden. But we benefit from what Christ did when we trust and obey Him for relief of that guilt. In that trust and that obedience, we take on the commitment to walk in the law of the Lord. Do you remember how the book of Psalms begins? Keep your place at the 119th, but turn back to the opening chapter of the book of Psalms. Psalms 1, 1 and 2. Listen to this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, 
nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Spend a moment thinking about the imagery of walking. Very common in the Bible. Walking suggests what? Activity, mobility, movement from one place to another. So here someone is living in sin. They obey the gospel. They move out of sin. Now what they need to do is just keep walking with the Lord and His Word day by day. And the resulting blessing, the beatitude part of that is a blameless life. Resolution. Back in Psalms 119, look at verse 7. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. A resolution very often begins with these two words. I will. A resolution is an exercise of the will. Often it begins with those two words in the Bible and in secular life. I will. Now, I hate to bring this up. We are familiar with what we call New Year's resolutions. Those are the things we feel strongly about in January that we can't remember in July. Resolutions, what we say we will do. That's a resolution. Here's one. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. Now here's an application of that. Reading the Bible, learning the Lord's will should, among other effects, cause us to thank Him and praise Him. And to be in that attitude day after day. May I remind us that the value of a resolution is not in its initial wording. The value of a resolution is not in its initial wording. The value of a resolution is in its follow-through. It's what you do after you say, I will, that creates the value of the resolution. Those New Year's resolutions may be exactly what we need for personal improvement, but without follow-through, they're nothing but words on paper or maybe spoken or posted somewhere. Like promises. Promises are good only when they're kept. Resolutions are good. Their value is found not in their initial statement, but in the follow-through. So this is about praising God with an upright heart, deciding to do that, and then the follow-through of praising God with your mind and your life, your attitude into every day, in your prayers, in your conduct, in all your thinking and speaking and relationships, holding God in the highest esteem. And as you learn what he revealed, praising him for those principles that you can not only learn, but you can live by. Petition. 
Verse 37, asking God, that's the idea of petition. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. So here is a petition and petitions are to be accompanied by whatever corresponding action God's word requires of us. So I'm not going to ask God to do something for me if I'm not willing to do what he said I ought to do about that thing. So listen to it again. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. How perfectly relevant is that to our time, to our society? I visited a home many years ago when I was preaching in a meeting. It was before cell phones and uh, computers and social media. And these people had a TV, but it was unplugged. And I was told that they had made a decision that it would never be turned on again. And I looked at the sign that was parked on top of that television console. And the sign was Psalms 119 verse 37. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. Now, we may consider that extreme, but we may strain to argue against it. And in fact, if someone makes that personal choice in their home, I assume we would not try to talk them out of that if that's their application of this particular sort of petition. In our time, visual stimulation goes way beyond TV. And there's a phrase used to describe it today. It's called screen time. I understand that we can use our devices for good. I hope I'm using these screens up here for good now. So I never recommend that you just unplug everything, but that you plug in some discipline about it. Many of us have Bibles on on our phones, the church's website can be accessed and there can be screen time. I get that. But who among us would ever argue that screen time makes it very easy to view worthless things? We wouldn't disagree with that. Do you ever ask God to help you resist the temptations that can invade you through the air, in electronic media. As soon as we acknowledge that the devil can use any kind of a method, we have to admit he can use digital media. The devil can use screen time. And right then, we ought to ask God to help us never use it in favor of the devil against God to access or view what is worthless, what is detrimental to our relationship to Him. That said, the rest of the verse says, Give me life in your ways. Uh, if your phone is your life, if your tablet or computer is your life, if anything other than Christ is your life, this ought to be your petition and my petition. 
turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confession. The last verse of the 119th Psalm. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. We're talking about this in our Bible class in John chapter 10 this morning, and we'll do that again Wednesday night. One of the most pitiful sights to behold out in a field somewhere is a lost sheep. There are other animals that can live out in the wild and find their way and take care of themselves. Sheep need help. So here's a lost sheep out in the field looking all around, smelling the air frantically, sometimes stomping the ground, looking not so much for the flock, but for the shepherd, needing direction, food, water, night is coming. It's a pitiful sight. That's the biblical picture of people who've left the shepherd of the soul. Their source of guidance and nourishment, they've wandered away from. Therefore, this is a good confession. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. This is a plea for help. This is someone who remembers the commandments, but now wants to go back to them. Help me get back there. I want to get back there. And the hope implied here is, we will not go so far astray that we will forget the Lord's commands. That guilt of a godly sort, that guilt that leads to good repentance, believing the Lord will seek us and forgive us and wash us from our sins when we repent. That depends upon what Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. That's all wrapped up in this final verse of the 119th Psalm. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. I want to encourage you. Aside from your daily Bible reading, to explore the 119th Psalm. You may come up with ten other words that help you focus on what this says about our desire to know and do the Lord's Word. I want to encourage you to do that on your own, in your personal devotion time. There is so much here to nourish us and remind us and bring us closer to the Lord. And you can do that without a pulpit. I do hope you'll come back. But you can do that on your own, and I recommend it. Several beatitudes and resolutions and petitions and confessions, and you may find more to inform and motivate you and bring you closer to the shepherd of our souls. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. 
You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous rules, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Let's be standing as we sing.